Kabbalah. It means holy worship. Join me, your host, Robert Randall, as we delve into biblical instrumentation and music history to discover the sounds behind the words of our Savior, Yeshua Messiah. Tov, Mishpachah, Yeshua Messiah. Good morning, family in Jesus Christ. It's your host, Robert Randall, once again coming to you from the chilly, snow-covered Rocky Mountains of Colorado Springs, bringing to you another episode of Kadoshikah, Holy Worship, Understanding the Music of the Bible. Continuing our journey through the woodwind instruments, today we have a special trio of trumpets which relates to the fall feasts that we are celebrating at present. Before we jump into our main content today, let's open up with a word of prayer. Abba Elyon, the God that we worship, the Father of lights, we thank you during these fall feasts for this time to worship you and praise your name, to blow the shofar at the new moon, to be alert at your calling of your bride to make herself ready to repent during the ten days of awe, so that we are reconciled to you without spot or wrinkle, a pure bride ready for her bridegroom. At the day of Yom Kippur, the day of covering, when we will enter the Mishkan to rejoice with you, Father, at the wedding feast. Then we celebrate your son's birth at the Feast of Tabernacles, knowing that your son Sukkoted, or tabernacled among us, dwelt among mankind. We rejoice in the times that you've given us these Kadosh holy feasts. We thank you for the trumpets that we're about to study. We thank you for the ability to praise you, to gird up our loins, do all to stand, and fight the battle at hand, blowing the trumpet to be alert, to be ready, and to be your coming bride. In Yeshua's name, amen. Brethren, I freely admit I am no trumpet player. I'm a work in progress like all of us, but I pray that you would have a joyous and blessed time looking for the new moon during the Feast of Trumpets, or as I like to call it, the Feasts of Noise Making. By way of a personal testimony, before we jump into our content, when I was a young Christian, oh, I would say about maybe four years in the faith, give or take. When I was in college, I was a part of many churches because I only knew evangelicalism and reconstructionist uh, theology, which is the idea that Christ, uh, that believers should, you know, prepare America for Jesus Christ's return. Nonetheless, when I was uh, in my exploration of Christianity and other faiths, I went to an Assemblies of God church and both of the pastors there during worship services had these long curly horns. 
they never told me what they were, but I found them absolutely fascinating. And every Sunday morning, I would go into that church and they would blow these horns uh, before, you know, before the uh, during the congregation's uh, worship service, and they were beautiful. I thought they were just some old horn. I had no idea they had any representation biblically at that time. All right, let's jump into our main content. The Keren, the Shofar, and the Ketsotra. That's right, I said the Keren, the Shofar, and the Ketsotra. Say that three times fast, if you can. We will call these the Three Trumpets since these were generally played together, like in the book of Joshua, chapter 6. The karen, the short horn, and the shofar, the long horn, was made simply from a pair of oxen or ram horns that were used in times of religious procession and declaration of war. Dr. Steiner's work makes the case that although its definition is that of a ram horn, the more ancient meaning would be Jobal's horn, referring to Jobal in Genesis 4. The other translation that could resound with Jobal or Jubal as a horn of Jubilee, referring to the feast in Leviticus 20, 23 and 25, I should say. Uh, uh, Leviticus 25 and, and Leviticus 23. Towards the Middle Ages, because of the use of ivory elephant tusks, the horn was called an oliphant. So this gives, gives me a kick, because if you remember from the Lord of the Rings movie, The Two Towers, when Frodo, Gollum, and Samwise are spying out the enemy marching to Mordor to uh, do the Battle of Armageddon, Samwise sees these elephants and he says, Look, Mr. Frodo, an oliphant, an oliphant, Mr. Frodo. Oh, the guys in the Shire would give anything to see one of those things. It just makes me think of that, that cute little scene. Joshua chapter, chapter 6, Daniel 3 verse 5, and 1 Chronicles 25 verse 5 are the only scriptures that refer to the Karen as an instrument. Other scriptures use Karen as a word figuratively to describe strength i.e. the strength of God, etc. The shofar is the longer big brother of the karen. It was used for ceremonies of jubilee. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the shofar. Second Samuel 6 verse 15 God is gone up with a merry noise and the Lord with the sound of the shofar. Tehillah, Psalm 42, verse 5. Today, the shofar and karen is the most prevalent of recognized instruments in Messianic Jewish and, in my take, uh, having had the experience, <laughs> Pentecostal circles of religious congregations. The modern shofar and karen are made today from the African kudu antelope. Now, this is quite a creature to behold. You would think that this animal with these long curved horns 
would be uh, very um, oppressed by the weight of these things because for its body, it has these long horns and it runs amazingly fast despite the fact it has these things. I'll have to link a video uh, on the podcast and website description on H&R to uh, that particular antelope. The notes produced can be in alto or tenor in the sense. Flat or sharp notes at certain upper ranges like F sharp or B flat tend to not be on perfect pitch. And I am by no means able to produce many notes on my Karen. But the general notes that I've been able to uh, observe are C, D flat, D, E flat, and E, chromatically speaking. Scriptural citations are as follows. The judge Ehud blows the shofar after delivering Israel from an evil king. It happened when he had come that he blew a shofar in the hill country of Ephraim, and the children of Israel went down with him from the hill country, and he before them. Judges 3, verse 27. As does King Saul. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard it. And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear! First Samuel 13, verse 3. And the Tehillim blow the shofar in the new moon, at the full moon, on our feast day. Of course, we all know that that is Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets. The Katsotsra, the silver trumpet, is the grandest of trumpets. Its long silver body has a pavilion at the end. The Romans had a version of this instrument called a tuba. This instrument, minus a slide and valves used in our modern brass instruments, like a trombone, was adjusted by the crook to change pitch. Moses was commanded to make two katsotsra. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. Numbers 10, verse 6. In the same book, the Hebrew word miksha applies to the katsotsra as descriptive language as rounded or turned. Descriptive of the bell or a twist in the instrument tubing. Make you two trumpets of silver. Of beaten work shall you make them, and you shall use them for the calling of the congregation and for the journeying of the camps. Numbers 10 verse 2. Josephus comments. Moses invented a kind of trumpet of silver. In length it was little less than a cubit, and it was somewhat thicker than a pipe. Its opening was oblong, as to permit blowing on it, with the mouth. At the lower end it had the form of a bell, like a horn. A curious New Testament reference comes to light when examining. These mighty instruments call to attention, awakening and strengthening the assembly. It was the call to worship in Moses and Jesus' day, for Hebrews to come and worship 
at the feasts of the Lord. The Katsotra is perhaps misunderstood as a call for morning temple service. In the Gospels, when Jesus prophesies to Peter, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me three times. In the article, sometimes a rooster is not a rooster, examines a Western mis misconception of this passage. A rabbinic decree in the Mishnah, dated to the first century, states roosters and chickens are unclean for purity reasons. Mishnah Baba Kama 7 verse 7. See also B Baba Kama 82b. The Greek term elector in Luke 22 verse 34. We'll flesh out the context here momentarily. In the article, the author Mark Terange documents as follows. The ancient Jewish sources offer a solution in describing the activities that went on in Jerusalem, in the Jerusalem temple. The Mishnah refers to a specific time in the early morning. He that was minded to clean the altar of ashes rose up early, and immersed himself before the officer came. At what time did he come? Not always at the same time. Sometimes he came at cockrow, and sometimes a little sooner or later. Emphasis added, Mishnah, Tamid 1 verse 2. See also Mishnah Yama 1 verse 8, Mishnah Sukkah 5 verse 4. Cockrow refers to a time early in the morning, when the priests began to prepare the temple for the daily visitors. Every day, they used to remove the ashes, the ashes from off the altar at Cockrow or near to it, either before it or after it. Mishnah Yama 1 verse 8. And it does not mean a rooster crow, but rather the blast from a trumpet at the temple that announced the time at Cockrow. They blew a sustained a quavering, and another sustained blast. Mishnah Sukkah 5 verse 4. In other words, Kakra refers to a time early in the morning when a trumpet signaled the beginning of the day for work in the temple. The Hebrew expression Kakra is Kerot Hagever, literally a call of the cock. The Hebrew word Gever, translated cock, also means man, like the Greek Alector. The Gospels then preserve the Jewish Hebrew manner for speaking of the trumpet blast sounded from the temple that announced to the priests it was time to begin preparing the temple for the day. Jesus did not refer to a random rooster, but rather a specific time in the morning, which Peter would have understood. The Gospels also offer the earliest witness mentioning Cockrow in Jerusalem. Excavations along the southwestern corner of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem uncovered a stone bearing a Hebrew inscription to the place, literally, House of Trumpeting. Scholars have suggested that this stone marked an area on the southwestern corner of the Temple Mount facing towards the city, where priests would blow the trumpet announcing the different times of the day and week. See Josephus's War of the Jews, 4, 5, uh, 582. It seems reasonable 
that this stone marked the location from which cockcrow sounded. And with that, we conclude our article here. Family of God, now it's up to you. We know that sincere men and women who have taught us the Bible and those artists and cinematographers who have given a Western adaptation of Christ's life and his suffering, his passion, have made the appearance of a rooster fit a Western mindset. But having known what you know now, based on Jewish writings, as well as those of historians, and especially the gospel writers themselves, especially John, it is quite clear that the context of Cockrow is something entirely different from what we would understand. But it fits the context. We have several parties to unfold here. The priests, when they condemned Yeshua to death, they did not realize that they were condemning the Melchizedek priest to pay for their sins. That pure Lamb of God, sinless and spotless. So too, John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, who had the only first-hand account of the trial, he knew that it was Passover and that it would be the last time that he would see his master and king. And he followed him every step of the way from that trial to that execution stake, that cross, to see Yeshua lifted up as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness. So too the Son of Man was lifted up to forgive the sins of mankind. Peter, when he stared into the eyes of Jesus, he saw his pride and repented and wept bitterly. Yeshua, looking back, showed nothing but love, knowing that his Father gave him a mission to fulfill, because the Father gave him the pure blood of the Lamb. The Father in creation passes on the genetic bloodline. So, too, the Father of heaven, the Father of lights, passed on Yeshua's blood as the second Adam, a blood that was not tainted with human sin, but was from outside time and space. This is why he is the pure Lamb of God, because he came from heaven. He is the King of kings and the Prince of princes. So today, on this Yom Teruah, rejoice, rejoice that you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Make noise, shout for joy, blow the shofar, the karen, and rejoice that you have the victory and the eternity of promise to live forever because of what our Savior did, and that we look for his coming at that last trump, knowing that our redemption draws nigh. So blow the trumpet in the new moon. Rejoice with Yehovah. Rejoice that Yeshua is your Redeemer and that the Father Yehovah gave him as that pure lamb sacrifice, that we're looking for his return, his coming of the new Jerusalem, brethren. It's a good time to blow that shofar and enjoy the beauty of his fall, Moedim. And now let's turn in for our Tehillah. As always, brethren, I leave you with a meditative Tehillah from a book of Davidic Tehillim, Psalm chapter 20. God fulfills 
your petitions. May Yahovah hear you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Selah. May he grant you according to your heart and fulfill all your plans. We will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. Yehovah, fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that Yehovah saves his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of Yehovah, our Elohim. When you are in a time of trouble, the Lord will defend you and will help you from his heavenly temple. When you remember his name and rejoice in his salvation, he will also fulfill your plans and objectives. When you trust entirely in the Lord, he will take pleasure in causing your heart's desire to come to pass. Petition the Lord and receive his blessing. Remember in your daily worship and meditation to make a joyful noise unto Yeshua and to praise him and love him with all your heart. And now, if you'd like to find out more about your host, here's some contact information. If you'd like to find out more about your host, you can go to my official website at robertrandallmusic.com where you can read my bio and see the various projects that I've worked on for uh, with One Accord Ministries, as well as listen to my albums. My first album, That Perfect Moment, a solo piano relaxing album with background orchestration of original composition works, an EP, as well as my second album, which is a classical piano album called A Classical Baroque Musician, featuring some of the most well-known beloved classical pieces from three genres of classical composers, including Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, and Chopin. You can also find me on social music media on Soundbirth app, which allows musicians to collaborate as well as promote their music on Spotify and YouTube and get advice from music managers on how to better their craft and their, uh, their ability to be a better musician. You can also find me on bandlab.com at Robert Randall Music. You can also find me on soundtrap.com or the Soundtrap app. Robert Randall Music. Soundtrap is a digital audio workstation allowing for aspiring musicians to create audio content via loops or through live instruments, as well as connect with musicians all over the globe on the Skype platform and the chat platform to create works of art in music, as well as podcast content creation for distribution on the Spotify platform. Whether you're a solo musician, a band, or an aspiring content creator, Soundtrap is the platform for you. Also, if you're an educator wanting to teach your class using the creative arts, Soundtrap is also a great way to teach your students in a very fun and creative environment. Finally, brethren, we are not here without your precious prayers and financial support. 
to Heber Nation Radio, Intervision FM, and our podcast providers. Heber Nation Radio is a 501c3 ministry, a radio broadcast, and a bookstore delivering the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom prophetically for our name, destiny, calling in the body of Christendom, and delivering the Torah to the nations to those curious about the Hebraic roots of the Christian faith. Hebrew Nation Radio, building a nation, not a denomination, now reaches a million visitors every day on HebrewNationOnline.com, on the Hebrew Nation app, as well as on the Hebrew Nation Online podcast and the newest engagement in our Mighty Network's Hebrew Nation Online community. We'd like to thank Roland and the crew for all that they've done to support Holy Worship. You can also listen to Holy Worship as an individual podcast on whatever podcast platform that you get your podcast provided on. If you enjoy Holy Worship, the music of the Bible, please consider making a donation at the link included at every podcast description of every episode on the podcast to keep us going with our podcast provider on Anchor.fm. We'd also like to thank Johnny Johnson and crew at Intervision.fm for also broadcasting our podcast every Friday at 5.30 p.m. on Intervision.fm. Intervision.fm is an online radio station broadcasting us on KINV-DB Internet Radio on Live 365 on the 365 app and website for Internet Radio. Intervision FM recently won the 2021 Denver Honoree of, of the Mayor's Award for Excellence in the, the Arts and Culture. And that has been an award that's been presented since 1986. You can find Johnny Johnson and crew on YouTube or on various Denver TV networks as well as on intervision.fm and uh, listen to their radio station and watch their YouTube show as well every Wednesday. Thank you so much, uh, guys, for allowing Holy Worship to be broadcast on Intervision FM. It is a unique opportunity as well for those who are in the blind and visually impaired community and those with uh, various disabilities to be able to learn the ability to broadcast their content, be it music or podcasting, on online radio. And Intervision FM works with its mission to educate people with disabilities to have a voice uh, in the Denver community. So we thank Intervision FM for all that they're doing, uh, especially for someone who resonates with their vision to help people with disabilities to have a voice, uh, not only for the gospel of Christ, but for those seeking to have a voice through the soul and, and operation of music. And thank you, everyone, for listening today, and I hope that you have a blessed Sabbath. And until next time, I'm Robert Randall, signing out. Be blessed, everyone.